I'm just saying, dudes. The quicker you get down with the AI, the quicker we assimilate. Just look at me, for example. I'm chroming myself from the inside out, dude. Um, Kron, I think you're so stoned that you think every color is chrome now because you are doing full blackface, buddy. Um, it works. It works I, the best. It's unfortunate. I, yeah, you need to go home. I think you've got. I don't know if it's fucked with your brain or you've now powdered your eyeballs so much and and fl- I, but uh, it's 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 jarring. Looking at you is, is jarring. Um, you what? We've been breaking in a new kind of clientele, though. I think it's <laughs> it's working for somebody. Dan, I'm. I, that's the thing. Is like, uh, I'm not even mad that he's high, right? I myself, I'm an addict. Once an addict, thought- always an addict. But I, it's just the it's the color choice, like. He doesn't care anymore. Do we? It's on do, sale. Do we it's need on sale? Exactly. Do we need to buy color spray paint for him to huff? You know, blues and he, no, I almost said yellow. LDs, that would have been. Um, then that, let's hey, just stick I, with white. Let's just stick with white spray paint. Can I tell you the truth? You should always tell the truth. Once you go black, you never go back. No. You're talking about spray paint, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. You guys want to pull? No. No. Nope. All you, buddy. Somebody's got to run this store. I only do bathroom beers. I told you that at work. Yeah. And I've been I've been clean all month. No heroin. Yeah, no do. no bathroom beers. Nothing. Well, I'll do I'll do a beer if you guys want to do a beer. The problem is, for every beer you do, you say like, "Oh man, you know, it really go great with this," and then mm-hmm. you. Go upstairs yeah. on the roof. Yeah. It's nice you, up there. You're like a soccer mom, you know, like, oh, I only smoke when I drink and you're paying 10 bucks for a pack of marble lights. You drink, you know, six beers and smoke two cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Just just stick with the paint and save the beers for Dan. Okay. But I can't smoke like, because I'll, it'll create a fireball inside my body. Cron. There's so much paint and it's so Cron. flammable. Shut up. Did Dan just pull out a little Gideon's Bible? <laughs> this is an intervention. No. And I'm trying to tell you that I love you, so shut the fuck up. Are you ready? Okay. Karan, over the last year at the store, your work has fell. Our friendship has fallen. You're huffing it away. You're huffing away your life, your career, and it's not going to end well. As of today, I am begging you to please, please stop with the paint. Take my hand. Take his hand, dude. Why Take is my all, hand. Why is it sticky? Pull it. That's your hand that's sticky, bro. You're so fucked up, you don't know where you Pull stop. Pull me towards you begins. so we can embrace. Okay. <laughs> I just farted. I just farted. Damn it. <laughs> you idiot. Totally fell for it. So no. Um, go put sorry. the porn away, dude. 
Okay, fine. Yeah, who gives a shit? Just pick a different paint color. That's the intervention. Pick a different paint color. Nobody cares. I don't want to read before you buy. The other ones suck. (laughs) If you need an extra buck, I'll give you a fucking buck, man. Like shit. If it bothers you enough, you go pick up some. You pick up a pallet of spray paint. I'll do whatever's hanging out in the back room. <laughs> Picking up a pallet. I'll pick up like two cans. Pick up a like, pallet. Jesus Christ. Two. Maybe we do need to have like a real intervention. Well, it's, how are we going to get that back to the store? We need like a fucking actual big rig. I can't go to the store and buy Sudafit yeah. without my ID. Okay. They're not going to let me buy a pallet. Okay. I'm, I'm not talking paint. about the legality. I'm talking about the logistics, man. We would need like a true fucking war rig with a whole secondary tanker. Just full of spray paint for Quran. The rate this guy's going. That's true. It's not a bad idea, though. Probably load up Maybe. on a hell of a lot more bathroom beers. I bought a new case of spray paint and a gun the other day at the same store. Did you get the Ace Hardware? Yeah. They got guns now. <laughs> that James kid, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Ace is the place. Yeah, he wanted to sell me a landmine. It is a hardware store, buddy. (laughs) This got me thinking, though, man. Oh, yeah? We should should continue with this big rig. Uh, I got the fucking perfect movie. Cron Huff and Paint. Dan not thinking logistically. What is it? I'm I'm letting Cron finish. Rattling over my fucking speech here. Exhale, bro. No, you gotta hold it in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that was red. Oh shit. Yeah, no. Oh, that's that's fucking blood, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Five Day Rentals, Mad Max Fury Road. Welcome to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast where each week one of us takes a crack at picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre specific category. And this category is Big Rig 7, The Revenge for The Return something. It's so convoluted. All that matters is we're talking Big Rigs again, dude. It's Revenge for The Return of Big Rigs. Okay, yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't that far off. I am Bones, the host with the uh, fucked up throat. Apologies ahead of time. Uh, joined as always by my two war boys, Cron Howard, Laundry Dan. How goes it? Good. What'd you, what'd you do to your throat? Uh, 100%. It's just allergies, I think. I, I took two COVID tests, but uh, I think just doing some uh yeah let's just lift the veil doing fun outside stuff over the last week post nasal drip my sore throat just got so bad i had to leave work and gathering of the juggalos medicated and (laughs) and slept through the day maybe you're brushing too far back 
You've been just shooting an allergy pill every day? Since I have now, February? yeah. Yeah. Well, I see I normally do Flonase. See, I start my routine in like February. Yeah, but people's allergies change. Their response to the medication and stuff change. So I don't do it regularly. Springtime, I start doing the Flonase, and then I adjust as accordingly. So I hey, my body it over feels- to the Allegra. My body feels so good that it's got to pretend like it doesn't like the environment and get sick. Yeah. I just eat a local bee's hive. <laughs> you are pretty swollen today. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, though. Like, if people don't get allergies, that means they're just okay with, like, trees jizzing all over their face and stuff, right? Like, oh, my allergy. I don't have allergies. Oh, so you're fine with just, like, vegetation ejaculating. All I think over we've you. had this discussion. Yeah, I know. So I feel I trying to feel empowered with my allergies. You know where I would not have to deal with allergies? Arizona. Uh yeah. The barren desert. I was just gonna say the post apocalyptic uh Australian wasteland. Mm-hmm. That's right. I did it. Who do you think you are? I am. I took us to the Fury Road. Black and chrome, baby. It's, it's right? not really a road. Uh, excellent point, Dan. Is there one fucking road in this movie? Yeah. Uh, there's the road that she leaves when they decide to head west or east. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's like two minutes of a road. There's a road between the Citadel and, and Gastown. And the Bullet she Farm? She hauls ass. Uh, bullet Farm's the other way. Yeah, but I would presume there's a road that goes there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if we see that. It's a road less traveled. <laughs> but that's that's another spin that Miller puts on this, baby. Road Warrior was all streets. This fucking rig makes its own goddamn road. Did you watch Black and Chrome? Yes. That's all I watched. It's the only version I watched. Well, you and I talked before the fucking show about it, but... Okay. Did you watch it twice? This is being a cheap ass. I wasn't going to pay another $3.99 for the color. Excellent point, Dan. (laughs) Hmm. Because you didn't buy it, rip it for us. You could have it. I bought it on iTunes for $9.99, and I have... Uh, you could have recorded it on your phone and sent it to us. Excellent point, Dan. And then what I, what I would have gotten was this, the next day, like, yeah, it looks just as good. You know, some smart-ass remark. Or, uh, hey, someone farted at the one hour and 56-minute point. I don't fart during movies. <laughs> Why is that guy crying seven it's minutes into the film? Well, that's I would have cut that out. Why does the audio drop out at seven minutes in? Yeah. Hey, pizza guy. You guys don't uh, cry at home? You guys don't just don't sit around a, and cry? I don't have a tip, but uh, I'll show you my dick. Like, what the fuck? I have a tip on my dick. You showed the pizza guy as my, a tip. You wanted to show him your Johnson. Was, yeah, whoa. but that dick has a tip on it. Whoa, where's your tip, dude? He got a tipless. You just pulled out a giant thumb. You're all shaft, dude. Fucking kill me, dude. 
breakdown was a lot of uh, semen. And I'm not talking about guys in the Navy. I mean, that was a jizz heavy episode. Yeah. Fully loaded. <laughs> I didn't look there. Yes. Uh, you're right. That was. That was Sir Bones. There's a fucking cum stain in the back of that truck. There is not. Where is the evidence? I tried to take pictures, but on Prime, it wouldn't let me because I was watching it on my phone. But I did go back to that spot and was like, I don't really see anything. Well, you're fucking breaking Lynch's heart watching a movie on your fucking phone. Will it help you? You're not getting that resolution. Will it help you if I upload the rip of it? (laughs) You got it right there. Look at it. Well, I have it here, but I'm not. I can't see what Bone sees. I didn't see it the first time. Well, you take a gander at it and do your own investigation. <laughs> I have. I've yeah, taken I a gander. There's no evidence. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. Why would I Check. make? Why would I make that up? Check out our episode of Breakdown out now. Nobody's listening to that I, shit. I think you just want. They're it. all here for Fury Road, and they've all left because. <laughs> This oh, twelve minutes be has been sorely disappointed. Yes, sounds like you guys were too. If you're talking about being no, cheap ass, yeah, I watched it twice. You love this movie, two stars. I think you saw what you wanted to see in that guy's tr- truck trailer. <laughs> Still on this. Did you he guys see Mad Max Fury Road cab. in the uh, in the theater? Yes, I did. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. I think did this you? was after. I believe I did. I believe by this point I was in St. Louis full time. And I think I went during the week. Relatively late in its run wasn't that I wasn't like excited for it. It was just, I think the way that the scheduling worked out, but I'm pretty sure I saw it with like four other people. And I wonder what this would have been like to see in a, with a fucking crowd. I maybe went like the second or third week. Yeah. Maybe it was out. And then, so what's your guys history with Mad Max? Now, I know for sure we all have seen uh, Road Warrior if we yeah. did our diligent homework um, for Bad our homework? legal thriller episode. Uh, Mad Max, Mad Max the Road Warrior, Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, Mad Max the Wasteland, Furiosa. Um... I think me and Chad went to the Alamo and watched Mad Max, uh, The Road Warrior. Two, right? Yeah, it's the second. Two is my fave, I think. I think most people, I think most people come down on, on Road Warrior or Fury Road. But there are a lot of the same shots, it seems, in Fury Road. Paying oh, respect, sure. yeah. I guess I watched but, 
yeah. Beyond Thunderdome a lot as a kid. I don't think I've ever seen Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> really? I've seen one and two like multiple times, but I don't think I've ever seen three. I think I've seen one less than all of them. It's one's t- almost like a just like a biker gang. It seems like oh, it's tough to go back. Like if you you don't really need to s- watch the first one. Like you can you can just start with two. I would agree. And quite honestly, you could skip Thunderdome. You could just go right from Road Warrior right into this. Um, but I, I still think there's badass shit in, in Thunderdome. R.I.P. Fucking Tina Turner. Yeah. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Real rock star. Yeah. You know her and, career, um, her career. Tina like, Turner song didn't start till she was forty. Oh, we've like got, that was that was got like a, her first hit. We've got a That's we've when, got a chance. Dude. We're starting. Yeah, we've got a chance. Uh, I don't know. Ain't no mountain high enough. Was there? I think that was the Temptations. <laughs> she probably sang it right. You probably sang that song. <laughs> um, Dan, did you hear the ghost uh, cover of "We Don't Need Another Hero"? The theme from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Is that on the new EP that they just released? Mm-hmm. No, not yet. I haven't got to. Okay, it. it's it's, it's pretty fun. It's on there. I just haven't. Played it's pretty it yet. fun. Any other random Mad Max stuff we need to talk about? This is going to be a beast of a breakdown. So, oh, I was thinking River Deep, Mountain High. That was a song too late. She had with Ike. I'll allow it. Too late. Well, Out of I, bounds. Okay, fine. Over the line, Kron. I, I accept. <laughs> All right, Kron say private dancer. Private parts. WNBC. No, no, it's WNBC. Are you going to cut out this silence? No, I thought you, I told you I'm not cutting out silences anymore. I thought you were going. Oh, I have to. You, you WNBC. No, Crown, it's WNBC. Mad Max Fury Road 2015, directed by George Miller. My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Once I was a cop, a road warrior searching for a righteous cause. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy, me or everyone else. Are you kind of bummed Mel isn't Max? He was supposed to be. I know. I read a okay. little thing that, like, as of 2003, they were still, like, working it out with Mel to do well, this. Well, yeah. He was trying to do this in 96, 97. I mean, this thing was... All the way back to, like, the 80s, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let, let's talk about that up front. What do you guys think of, of Hardy? He's all right. He's no... He's not a Mel Gibson. I mean... Hmm. Uh, socially better, uh, but <laughs> better human being. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I don't know if you came across this in your research, Dan, and in between my watches, I did a lot of behind the scenes stuff and 
I guess he and Charlize did not get along. Oh, they hated working with this guy, George Miller included. Oh, like even everybody hated working with Hardy? Yeah. Uh, Apparently pretty notorious at showing up late and being overly aggressive and threatening to Charlize, who was nothing but timely and professional and shit beautiful um oh so he is kind of a little bit of a mel gibson huh yeah um but as far as i know miller still wants to work with him again for wasteland but i guess we're still i guess warner brothers and miller are still locked in a weird legal battle it should it's over with okay now furiosa is the prequel yes featuring anya taylor joy as furiosa furiosa and was that hemsworth as immortan yes yes so they're gonna do that but also do waste we have some returning characters from fury road as well which will be released as of right now may 24th of 2024 so we're 364 days from now. So have they already shot it? I, I have no idea. I okay, because this thing took it. two years to edit. So. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was a I, beast. I like Hardy um, in this. I was trying to... I, I read a list of some of the other people that they had as potentials. Jeremy Renner. No. M- Eminem. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I had a tough time thinking of anybody else but Hardy. Maybe Bale. Or, like, no. I think it would have been cooler to see Bale as, Mad- as Max instead of uh, John Connor. But uh, John Lithgow, man, that's... Oh shit! He could have been in Morton Joe. Oh, yes. that would have been great. All right. When we open, we get that fiery fucking V eight. We get this voiceover newscast. V eight. V eight. Reporters V8, talking V8, about V8, they're V8, running out of V8. water. People's bones are all fucked up. It's the war for guzzling. We finally see Max. He stands over this valley. He quickly catches a two-headed lizard, eats it raw. Instinctually, he hears something coming up in the distance. He loads up his V8 and he takes off. He's quickly overtaken by a gang of war boys. We've got these grenade lances that they throw right into his right rear. He flips over. It's great. It's all in like two shots, I think, this chase is. is there Rob like a- Zombie climbs out of his car and he's quickly captured. Is there like a war boys thing in... Thunderdome? I don't think so. No. No. So that so that's all just an invention of this movie. Yeah. Immortan that's Immortan Joe's sort of army, the War okay. Boys. Who played Toe Cutter in The Original. Yeah. Who's passed away now? More uh more voiceover from Max. I am the one that runs from both the living and the dead, hunted by scavengers, 
haunted by those I could not protect. So I exist in this wasteland reduced to one instinct, survive. So we got Max, he's chained up, he's getting his hair cut and his medical chart getting tattooed on his back. This is what I can make out. No lumps, no bumps, two good eyes, piss okay, genitals intact, multiple scars, heals fast, O negative, high octane, universal donor, lone road warrior, likes V8, no supplies, psychotic, keep muzzled. He's about to be reference to the tomato drink. (laughs) That he likes that? Yeah, that he likes V8. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just walking around popping people in the forehead. <laughs> Love a Bloody Mary in the morning. He's about to be branded, but he runs off, tries to get away. He's chased by multiple war boys, but he's eventually caught again. Kind of cool. He opens up this like shaft door, and he realizes that he's hundreds of feet up in the air. We see a big scale of the Citadel green up top, these sort of like rock towers. I don't know. It looked black and white to me, dude. Yep. Yeah, I didn't see shit. He uh, tries to swing out on this hook, but as he swings out, he swings right back in. I like this chase. That was good. This is... You got to be okay with the the speed ramping. Um, And I would say I think the speed ramp looks great in the black and chrome. Sometimes in the color, it looks a little odd. Um, now, it was Miller's intention to do black and chrome, correct? He he pitched this as black and white. I don't know the if that's true. Was like, no. What I read was that he had like wanted to go back as far as part two and put out a black and white version. And this is just the one that was successful enough at the right time that the studio thought it was in their best interest to do a, a black and chrome version. Well, but I didn't I didn't see anything where he pitched on the front end, I want this to be black and white. I thought that's what I read. And then they were like, color it and then we'll release black and white. Huh. And he said, well, fine. It's going to be the most vibrant colors and shit then so I don't know I mean he's born in 1945 he might not know himself (laughs) well in his little introduction on the on the version that I have um, he even says like he was watching uh, I think it was Brian May that was doing the score for Road Warrior yeah Queen yeah that they, as they were scoring it, they were watching a black and white projection of it, and that really popped to him. And he always thought, like, the current state of post-apocalyptic stuff is so washed out and gray that you may as well do it black and white. And he always thought, like, well, it's one or the other. Like, to your point, Dan, it's either going to be so super bright and dynamic, or you wash it out. Um I would say I would recommend that if you have not seen it in black and chrome, it became sort of an inside joke with us forever. Watch it. The next time you watch it, if you haven't watched it in a while, watch the black and chrome. 
All right. I feel like some of the action here, too, looks... It's like he shoots it the way that you would see it in, like, a taping of a theatrical presentation. Like, it's... It's not shot, I guess, like I would think of movie action. It's shot like a... I don't know. Like, you would see a play or something. Hmm. I do you mean do you mean like when they shoot a play to show like the the promos on TV? No, I guess like just where I guess I mean like if you saw like a Broadway play or like a musical that had been filmed and it was like when they put Hamilton in theaters or something. That's what it reminded me of. Uh not the car stuff, but like the stuff with all these uh war boys like chasing them. Hmm. It's like very musical in a way, like how they're all choreographed to like run on top of each other almost or like pile up in these weird ways. Yeah. Do you think the the center framing has anything to do with that? Maybe. I don't know. I was trying to figure out like why it felt that way to me. Yeah. Well, it I know it's a combo of speed ramping and also pulling out frames. And it it's quite jarring, I think, on this, which I think it's smart of him to do to like, hey, this is kind of how the action's gonna flow. You know, he's kind of setting setting the stage. So by the time you get to the three way fight outside of the tanker, oh. I think your eyes just There's a three way? Not uh, well not, side not by a side, side by side. Oh shit. Okay. Imperator uh furiosa she's branded missing an arm she's preparing her war rig it's loaded up by the war boys they're headed to gas town they are hauling aqua cola produce and mother's milk and morton sure. joe's getting dressed he gets his lumps and bumps all powdered up gets his uh fucking clear plastic body armor put on with his medals and his you know Six pack cutout. Looks good. Looks he, like you could easily overtake all of these leaders if you got in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like on oxygen and shit. <laughs> well, that one guy's just a like a little fat guy in a chair too. I mean. Oh, I think Dan was referencing like the people eater and the bullet farmer. Oh, like those guys. Yeah. Not the. I mean, Rictus Erectus would be a fucking handful. That's the. Rictus Erectus. Rictus Erectus. That's Morton's big son. So. He's going to have a baby brother. Morton Joe addresses the people of the Citadel, the sad, the dried out, the exhausted. They sit through his boring-ass speech. They're just waiting on the fucking water. He tells everybody that they're uh, sending the war rig on a party, on a shopping spree, to go get guzzling and bullets. Joe hits his levers, and a shower of water pours all over these people, but it's just a splash. Yeah, terrible water system here, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Keep 
keeps you in power if you're Mortem Joe. Yeah. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. I think everything is already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Can't live without it, so. You have to have it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you get, become addicted to it, like he says, then you'll miss its absence, which Who he controls. Who the fuck is addicted to water? I bet there's somebody out there that's, like, fucking addicted to water. Oh, my God. Just can't get enough. You know, has, like, a camel pack on 24 rehab. They called me an idiot. Truth, I'm here, truthfully, I'm here to we, dry out. We all are. I feel like I would die without my water. I mean. I think that, I don't think that constitutes an addiction, though. Like, that's just a biological requirement. <laughs> I guess. I, yeah, I guess it is simplest form. You could say, I'm addicted, but. We're all addicts. I think it's different than saying, like, I'm addicted to food, right? Like, you're probably just eating too much of it. If you say I'm addicted to water, you're intaking way too much of it. But. Mm -hmm. All right. Furiosa, she's ready. She leads the convoy out. Let's try to explain this truck. So, in the world of Mad Max, everything is built upon, right? So, she's got a, a, a giant semi truck. This guy. <laughs> Apparently, that's how I said it. I didn't realize I said it like semi truck when you typed it out. I was like, holy shit. All right. It has like uh, an additional cab sort of welded onto the back of it. Yeah, kind of like got, a car almost, right? Like the yeah, back like, end of a car? Like a back, yeah, the back end of like an old hot rod or something, which gives it like a uh, not just a, like a sleeper cab, but like a, another bench seat to sort of sit in the the tanker itself which is sort of all protected and then a fuel pod on the back secondary fuel pod um looks pretty sweet yeah it looks awesome so as they roll out um and she's got a sweet skeleton arm painted on the driver's side of the driver's side door yep looks cool i don't know why a bunch of truckers haven't adopted that Oh, Karan, you sent the picture of your truck with it on. This yeah, week. I painted it on there. It looked cool. Wish I hadn't used permanent paint. I did a terrible job. Yeah, that's paint you could have got high on. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why it came out so poorly. <laughs> All right. So she she's leading the convoy, driving this giant big rig, and she's got, I think, three or four other Warboy cars and a bike, I think, with her in this convoy. We see Max. He's now a blood bag. He's pulled from his cage to donate. So the Warboys, they're called like half-lifers. They're just sick and irradiated in this post-apocalyptic future. So their lives are super short and they have, a, am sure, a just riddled with some sort of cancer. Um, but they basically require blood transfusions. So on the road to Gastown, Furiosa just changes her course. She starts heading east. Now, the warboy captain that she's with, he's not questioning her. She, he, he says, all right, we're heading east. He gives the orders, and they follow. Yeah, Back at the Citadel... This- all this because they took a left turn. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd at least have to 
like if you knew, uh, you know, the guzzling factory was straight ahead and you took a left, you'd be like, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. So we see a Morton Joe at the milk factory, which is uh, basically what we do with cattle. They keep, they probably keep some women pregnant. So they are continually lactating. Um, and that, seems, that seems to be one of their um, production facilities. But a Morton Joe's little spotter, and I mean little, he's a, I read about this guy. He has the thing that um, Samuel L. Jackson had in Unbreakable. He has, like, his bones oh. are super brittle. Oh, so Zero? I was about to say, yeah. This guy's unbreakable? No, he's he's very breakable. Um, <laughs> so, good performance from him. He's, he plays like the spotter. He's in this cool little chair that kind of hangs, and he's watching the convoy. He sees that they've gone off-road. Joe immediately freaks out. He runs past some produce, and he goes and he checks his vault, which is kind of a classy little sex chamber, I guess. There's all sorts of stuff written on the wall, like our children will not be uh, war criminals or who killed the world, all this stuff. He calls for his ladies, but he's greeted by some old lady with a shotgun. She tells him that uh, they've all ran away. We're back at Max. He is hooked up to a war boy named Nux. This is Nicholas Holt. Is that his name? Yeah. That's correct. Uh, he MVP of this movie, I think. I think he does the fucking best acting in the movie. Yeah, but anyway. his I think his character also has the most to kind of do, like the most to change, the most to go through in a way. That's an excellent call, Kron. I think that oh, certainly maybe. why he stands out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if they were giving out Oscar nods for this movie, which they did. But not for acting. Yeah. He would be the fucking lead. Yeah. I would. Because he has the most lines of dialogue. This movie is not about dialogue. This movie's about fucking action, bro. Anyway. Nux is hooked up. He's getting his transfusion from his fucking blood bag, which is Max. He hears the war drums, and he sees a bunch of other war boys rushing in and out. And they are praying at the altar of the V8 and grabbing their steering wheels. V8, Nux V8, stops his V8. Lancer uh, slit. And he's like, what the hell? You're running off with my wheel. And one of them says, like, it's fucking Furiosa. Like, she's gone off the rails. Like, we're they're leading a world party. We're going after him. Nux is like, well, fuck. I want to die on the Fury Road. And uh, his guy's like, if you can't stand up, you can't do war. Take a shot. It's the title of the movie. Yep. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Well, Nux is like, well, fuck that, dude. We'll just bring my blood bag. We'll just chain him up to the front. So they tell the organic mechanic to hook it up. And sure enough, they fucking chain Max to the front of this car. And in these sequences, this is definitely not Tom Hardy's voice in a lot of these scenes. And I get that you got an ADR, but... Somebody other than Tom Hardy does, I would say, half of the dialogue for Mad Max, and it's quite jarring. Um, hmm. Joe's convoy sets up. 
And goddamn, we finally see the Doof Warrior, that hanging guitar guy, uh, guitar player. Worth a po- worth a whole point. Doof oh, the Doof Warrior. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I feel like if everything in this society is all built on like uh, maximizing your limited resources, I don't know if building a amplifier vehicle is the best. You know, investment of your precious guzzoline. Karan, how badass would your day be if this followed you around? It'd probably be annoying as hell, to be honest with no. you. Damn. <laughs> Fucking rule, dude. Seems like Karan's not about morale. I'm not yeah. going into battle. I mean. <laughs> She's going to work? That'd be cool as fuck, dude. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't turn this off. Like this. <laughs> no, he only plays the same six minutes on a loop, so. <laughs> So, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> hey, uh, Janet, I'm sorry your car's on fire. <laughs> yeah, the doof warrior rocked too hard today. <laughs> Blew your engine up. I don't know. I'm still failing to see the negative in this. Yeah, it's, this is all positive. Furios' convoy, they finally see that they've got people from the Citadel following them. They're seeing the signals for reinforcements from Gastown and the Bullet Farm. This is all sort of passed to us by the Warboy Captain. Um, she also sees that they're coming up upon a rival gang, the Buzzards. Captain says, what are we doing? She's like, we're going for it. We can deal with them. And they yell, fang it. This is their little war cry. Fuck it. We're going for it. Fang it. Giant action scene here. The buzzer vehicles, they have saws and spikes. The war boys fight off the bulk of them with their lances, which are pretty cool. Furiosa also getting in. She's got cool little crossbows. The buzzers bring in a, uh, a truck with a backhoe arm just as Joe's party catches up. So these war boys, they help fight off the rest of the buzzers. And now this whole time, Max is literally strapped to the front of Nux's vehicle. A war boy gets hit with some arrows, uh, which is kind of cool. So Nux and Max, they're following kind of behind the tanker. And one of the war rig war boys gets hit with a few arrows, one in the face, one in the chest. He takes a crone, uh, or I wrote a cron cloud, Mm -hmm. which is a hit of some chrome paint to the dome. Yells, witness me, and he kamikazes, which is a great shot into the car behind him. Now... Spraying uh, spray paint right into your face, that's a whole point up, not the Doof Warrior. Okay. Is Doof Warrior a point down for you, or just... Doof Warrior is just a neutral for me. Okay, so you're both up a point. Yeah, yeah. for different reasons. So we're at a one. So while this is going on, we see some young lady in white. She's crawling up from some little hideaway spot in the tanker of the war rig and she crawls into the cab with Furiosa. She goes on about not being able to breathe, but Furiosa yells and tells her to keep hiding. Now this chase is uh, lost her pistol on the road. She was crawling up between the, the trailer and the cabin. I don't think she had any room on what she was wearing to put a pistol in. Hmm. Maybe. 
There was a note that said that they would come out of their costumes and Tom Hardy would not tell them and just stare at it until they realized that they were out of their costume. I was like, that's kind of a dick thing to do. <laughs> Thank God we don't have Mel on set. We just got this fucking mean pervert to deal with. You think uh, he went so Daniel Day-Lewis that he was like, I'm just going to be Mel Gibson. <laughs> maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe in his memoirs, he'll write out, like, I'm just going to make them fucking hate me. Like, this is going to be my approach. Like, they want a rabid dog. I'm going to play a rabid dog. Maybe this is what the role of Mad Max does to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. In 10 years, we're going to get a leaked phone call of Tom Hardy yelling at somebody. <laughs> you can't pull me over, sugar tits. <laughs> that too all right so this chase is heading towards this giant electrical sandstorm all right furios is second in command he's like all right why the fuck aren't we stopping and he finally turns on her um and by this point nux is also starting to fire on the war rig nux pops a tire and he says he tells Slit, like, hey, we got to move Max to the back. Move my blood bag to the rear so we can balance out. Yeah, Max this starts whole movie kind of depends on your tires. It's important. Don't skimp on your tires, people. I mean, I guess we if want to thank uh, Firestone for being mattress. our sponsor today. Those three things between you and the ground. You should never skimp on. Tire shoes and a mattress. Mm-hmm. Like you should never go cheap with those things. Never buy cheap shoes. Never buy a cheap mattress. Never buy cheap tires. I just never buy cheap whiskey. Does it work the opposite way? Like, do you buy just shit quality hats because <laughs> they're the furthest up? Yeah. Who gives a fuck about my hat? <laughs> yeah. All right, Max is fighting back on this. He he throws Slit off. Um, Shit quality hats. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like a like a straw hat that's already got a hole in it or something. Hey, do you need a hat that nobody gives a fuck about? Come on down to Shit Quality Hats, <laughs> or just go forego the hat. Well, you need something. Working out in the sun with no hat on. All you gotta do is smear. All you gotta do is smear fucking grease on your forehead. That keeps the sun out of it. Rudy looks fucking cool. Disco cutie. I feel like one shit quality cheap hat would be still more expensive than all that grease over time. Grease is self perpetuating, though. Shit quality hats would be so cheap. But then it would be like the coolest thing ever. So it would just, by the end of it, we'd be charging like 60 bucks a hat. Because everybody would want one. Well, it's a shit quality. All right. Max is having to ride out this storm from the back behind Nux. Furiosa, she's able to fight out the last few cars. It looks fucking cool. The bikes hit the electrical storm and they get blown off. 
Uh, the cars kind of manage for a little bit until she, you know, she kind of bumps them, throws them off. They go flying into the air. Looks fantastic. Nux is the last one left. I didn't think everything looked awesome in black and chrome, but there's like a wide of the sandstorm. Yeah. Like, I thought that looked awesome. 100%. There's some stuff that like really works in the black and chrome version. Mm-hmm. I'll agree. Nux starts uh, filling up his car with fluid, like turning all sorts of knobs. He's just going to kamikaze this shit. What a day. Oh, what a lovely day, as you've seen from the memes. He hits a fucking another. Blew up like super quick. Yeah. Chrome, cron cloud, turns around to Max, yells, witness me. Max realizes what he's going to do. He starts punching through the black or the back glass Nux is about to blow up the car with a flare Max grabs it manages to stop it but at this point the war rig smashes into them and they go fucking flying Uh, realistically no way Max survives this but uh, what do you know he slowly wakes up later eventually pulls out the needle from his neck and he realizes that he's still connected to Nux so his chain connects to his face mask, which is made out of like some, like a garden fucking, uh, what do you call it? Like a pitchfork or something. You can yeah. still see like where the, the wood handle would connect into it. But that chain runs off of that over to Nux and in woven in that chain is the, like the, the blood tube. So he pops that, he goes over and realizes he needs to disconnect from Nux. So uh, the first thing he tries to do is blow off Nux's arm with the sawed off, but it misfires, doesn't work. Then he decides to try to start chewing his fingers off, I guess, so he can pull the the chain off. Nux is still knocked out this whole time, but he... Now, at this point, Max gives up, and he notices that the there's something in the distance. So he picks up Nux and has to pick up the car door, which the chain is going through, and walks towards the war rig. At the war rig, we see Furiosa cleaning off the air intakes, and we see the rest of the ladies in white. These are Joe's breeders, for lack of a better term. These are his beautiful wives. One of them being particularly pregnant. They're all cooling and cleaning off. Max reveals himself. He holds them all at gunpoint. He wants them to use the bolt cutters that they've been using to cut off their chastity belts, which look fucking gnarly. Mm -hmm. One of these girls tries to hand it to Furiosa, but Max isn't playing that shit. And also, why would you give it to the person with one arm? Because by that... I think a Mortem Joe is ever drunk one night and forgets to take that belt off. Maybe once. That's something you do once. I don't think they're going to tell him if he does, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Mash your dick right into a spike. I mean. Yeah. Uh, You you did it to yourself. Have you seen some of those like gnarly anti-rape spikes? I don't know if they're like actually on the market, but. (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> why'd you present it like 
I'm an insider in the industry. Um, what are you looking at? I just yeah, what, you, what are you, you just, looking at? You come across stuff, man. <laughs> All right, we haven't put them on market yet, but here's a pamphlet. 2024 is launch date. They're too effective, dude. Um, Technically, they're only legal in Arizona right now, but <laughs> brutal. I'm working on the patent. Uh, yeah, he stops them from from giving the the bolt cutters to Fury. No rape and no allergies. He tells the uh, I forget her name, the taller blonde one, to come over, but she's like too weak to cut the the chain that he's like holding out. She takes way too much time, and this delay allows Furiosa to run up and tackle Max, and we are, I think, maybe the best scene of the movie is this this fight. So Max still being chained up to Nux. Um, the girls are trying to help Furiosa as much as they can. Um, we talk about, like, center framing. It's so like it's so prevalent in this fight. Everything is truly cut and framed center. Um, the action is super concise and clear, and it's just great staging. So Nux is still knocked out. Max still being chained to him. Finally, Nux sort of wakes up. Uh, Nux just immediately kicks into helping them. So they're tripping Furiosa up with the chain. Furiosa. Um, breaks a little like skull enclosure that she has underneath the tanker, which reveals a gun. They start fighting for the gun. Max stops that the clip gets thrown out of the gun. Uh, Furiosa almost shoots Max with the one that's chamber, the round that's chambered. The girls and Nux are fighting over the clip. Finally, they sort of roll over Nux and helps Max get the clip in. Max does a cool, like John wick sort of, uh, chamber against his leg tuk, 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 fires around Furiosa's head wastes three bullets instantly well yeah he's he's establishing that alright calm the fuck down how many cuts do you think are in this movie there are cuts on what would normally be a single shot and yeah. it's it's really noticeable on uh, when he's pulling Nux out of the car the, the camera kind of trucks up a little bit and then there's a quick cut and they're like 10 degrees over. And I, I think it's just like, oh, that first part is the better take and that second part is the better take. And if you're not looking for it, it moves really quick. But in the black and chrome, I really do think a lot of them are a lot more prevalent. Yeah. And it with you trying to do center framing for everything too, it's kind of jarring. It's just so – I feel like there are points where, I mean, I think all the quick cutting maybe helps the pace of the action to a certain extent. But at the same time, it's like – I feel like there are parts where you get four cuts in a single second. You know, it's just like it, – it's like a gun firing or something, you know. It's like – and I don't know, man. It's like – uh, it's stylistic, but it's like jarring at a certain point too. It it works for me. I mean, the logic behind it being, if your eye doesn't have to bounce 
you know, left to right, left to right between cuts. If you mm-hmm. can always just watch the middle and get the entire picture, right. I think it works beautifully. I agree with you that it's a stylistic choice, but I would say it's a hell of a lot easier to follow than a lot of other modern action cutting. So I just wish it was one or the other, like doing both, at least in this one, like it's less speed ramp. That's an, that's as prominent to me. It was more of like loss of frames to, right. to speed it up, which I was totally fine with. But where, where is that, that little cave chase? That speed ramp looks – that to me is a stylistic choice that I don't know if I totally agree with. But having watched it multiple times over this week, it started to connect with me. When we get into my rating later, I'll talk about stylistic thing that I – that is a negative. But Dan, what do you think? Like you're the furthest of the action guy on the crew. Um. <clears throat> Well, it took three months to edit, so if that tells you anything. I thought two years was what Bones said. Well, they they had it for two years. I think it's film. Oh, it was my understanding that it took them like three months just to watch all of the footage that they shot. Yeah, and edit. So 470 hours of footage, I think. God damn. (laughs) All right, let's get back to this. I mean, to me, it's just... I get what you're saying, but I can't help but compare it to the action I've really liked lately, which is like Mission Impossible. And that is just like, what's the cleanest way we can show it if we don't cut anything? <laughs> it's like if we don't have all these cuts, we just have a steady camera shot. But I to think me, this, it's, it's like that that's, works for this movie, though. Yeah, but it's yeah. like that is easier to follow visually than all these quick kinetic cuts. And yeah, I, it, I can't figure out if it's only done for style or if it's done for, I don't I think know. it just, this movie's chaos, so. I think, I think that's why. I think the f- that clicked to me more when you, when you watch or read about that this wasn't a proper s- script. This was all storyboarded. So this, this was just built around framed images right like we want to see this we want to see that we want to see this and then they connected that and they shot that as as truthfully as they could uh you'll get no argument from me cron like the mission impossible style that to me is the best because if you're going through all that effort you want to see all of that effort Mm -hmm. same with like the john wick style right there might be times where keanu is a little slow and you can tell, like, the stunt guy has to, like, kind of take a step back before he comes in. But at least you see it in the frame. Yeah. I'll always take that. But at least this, at least they were saying, we're going we're gonna to make it chaotic, like Dan was saying. But if we choose to make sure that everything is center frame, we can be as fast as we want in the cuts to make it seem even more kinetic. And you can follow it. Mm-hmm. And it works for me. You know? It's not a born identity fucking shaky cam. Yeah, it's where, definitely, you know. Yeah, it's not like a shaky cam thing, but I don't know. There's something about it where it is kind of and I've not seen all the John Wicks, but like I feel like those longer takes if you can do it in action work better, whereas this is just like 
so fast that it, I don't know, it's like disorienting. But I I get what you're saying too, because most everything is just in the center. So it is like, no, just stare at the center of the screen and you're good. Like, <laughs> I get that aspect of it. I don't know. It's weird. It's Do you, do you, sorry, go ahead, Dan. I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you were. The, <laughs> I do think though that you also get a good balance whenever you do cut out. So like later on, there's a great scene with Max having to climb to the back of the rig to go plug the fuel pod back in. And you're able to see Nux crawling underneath the truck. So I think there's enough balance of true scope shots. There's one later on when uh, Max is on one of the poles and you see him kind of come up left a frame and then go over and right a frame as that big explosion's behind. Mm-hmm. So at, at least to me, there's enough balance. If the entire movie was like this fight, I would agree with you. Like, oh, that stylistic choice is such a bummer because you're actually, you are filming all these trucks out in the desert. Let me see that. But because I do get to see enough of that, it yeah, maybe, worked out for me. Maybe that's honestly more of our disagreement because I feel like that to me is there's not enough of that in the movie. Like I was saying the shot looks really good where it's like way far back and you see the truck in the sand yeah, uh, or like heading into the sandstorm because that gives you a sense of like the scope of the landscape. And I feel like there is not enough of that in the movie. Like even on the pole scene where they're fighting – like everything to me, it's like so tight on the action. Yeah. Whereas there's not enough to show you like this is in a giant fucking desert, you know? <laughs> All right. So they get the girls uh, at gunpoint, but they all realize that Joe's war party approaches. One of the girls says something about a green place. Max attempts to hijack the rig. Um, He ends up actually grazing one of the wives in the leg with a bullet because she's like, I'm leaving. And he sort of fires at her, just hits her in the leg. He gets the rig and and drives off, but it shortly shuts off after that. And the girls run to catch up. Furiosa says, kill switches. I set the sequences myself. They get a little back and forth. Who can come? And Furiosa basically says, like, I'd say you have about, like, five minutes. Do you want that thing off your face? Basically, she's got all the cards. So Max reluctantly accepts and all the girls can load in. Um, While the girls are loading in, Max ends up collecting, like, a lifetime of guns throughout the cab. He just pulls up his handbag and starts filling it with all of Furiosa's fucking hardware that's just stuck around the cab. I like that scene. It's like he keeps seeing them and he'll point and be like, like, put that one in the bag. Yeah. So, um, but also Nux, who is uh, behind them, he manages to get up and jump on the back of the truck. Um. The girls start talking shit to Max. One of them calls him a crazy smeg who eats schlanga. Uh, that means penis, by the way. I looked that up. I didn't need to look it up. Oh, okay. A lot of girls. Well, you, I didn't know. You enjoy schlanger? No, a lot of 
women have told me I've got a crazy showing a well, yeah, it's curved. Mm-hmm. Upwards. S- scaled. They give Max a file so he can start working on the lock. So and so for the next few minutes of the movie, Max is just continuously trying to file the lock on the back of his mask. Which I think is the best acting here from Mr. Hardy. Just giving him something to do, trying to, yeah. Because he's looking around, too. Yeah, it amplifies, like, his feralness, you know, of him trying to break that out. The girls notice that they also have a bunch of other people that have joined them um, from the other uh, direction. They are heading towards this canyon. As they go through the the opening, they realize that something is slowing them down. Furiosa says, I think it's the fuel pod. Um, Max climbs out. He goes over. Turns out Nux un, uh, unattached the airline. So now the brakes are just locked on the fuel pod. So it's slowing them down. Max goes to check on that. And like we talked about before, in these cool wide shots, we see Nux crawling underneath the trailer heading towards the cab. Nux gets into the cab, but he gets jumped by the girls when he tries to choke out Furiosa. Um, the girls just give him like a quick lesson on how he's a pawn in a Morton Joe's fucking tyranny. They end up tossing him out, and Furiosa is shown by Max that the bullet farmer is now also in pursuit. You know, uh, Fast and Furious really grasped America. Dudes just put spoilers on Mazda 3s and shit like that. It would have been so fun if, like, this would have just taken over and dudes just started shaving their fucking heads and shit and eyebrows. <laughs> just building plastering new, shit like, to their cars. Like, like skinheads? <laughs> no, that's not cool, dude. Building war rigs out of their vehicles yeah. instead of street <laughs> racers? Fucking hitting spray paint and shit. Mm-hmm. Witness me! Fucking just driving through drive throughs and shit. You know what? You're just not running in the right circles, Dan. I, can... I guess not, huh? We, yeah. we have a community out here. You got hair. Yeah, I do. yeah, but there's like different levels. The Nashville War Boys. <laughs> All right. The pass that the war rig is heading towards is supposed to be safe passage per a deal that Furiosa has, has apparently made. She tells Max to hide, and she also asks him his name. He doesn't tell her, so she's like, all right, well, when I say fool, I want you to drive the fucking rig out of here. She teaches him the kill switch sequence. She's like, uh, yeah, she says she's supposed to be alone, but if shit goes down, you've got to drive. So the war rig pulls below this rock arch. She gets out. She starts making a deal with these rock riders. They're like, holy shit, you were only supposed to be chased by a few people. Now we've got three war parties chasing you. She says, hey, the deal was for 3,000 gallons of guzzoline. You got to blow up the arch. I'm here. Blow it. Sadly, the deal goes sour and the rock riders, they blow the arch anyway, but they take off after the war rig. These guys got like fucking. Damn it. Fraggle Rocky sort of frill sort of uniforms, and they're they literally all on bikes. I think. Yeah, they kind of look like Lieutenant Dan, like after Vietnam. 
So Max is now driving the rig. You ain't got no legs. (laughs) She tasted like cigarettes. All right. Uh, We got our first shot of the bullet farmer. He's lame as hell. He's got like fucking uh, Egyptian pharaoh sort of look, but it's all like bandoliers, like rifle rounds and stuff draped over his head. Um, so they, the rock riders had blown that rock wall, but you know, Joe, he's got a fucking monster truck. He yells at his party. He's like, Hey, once I'm through, you guys clear all this and you fucking catch up. Um, by this point, Nux had been knocked out of the cab. So he's with the war party. Uh, he yells or he tells one of the other war boys like, Hey, I was like, on the fucking rig and he's got the cloth that he pulled off from one of the brides to prove it. So Joe's like, all right, yeah, you come with me. Now at this point, the rock riders are attacking the war rig. They're ramping up over it. They're dropping bombs on the rig. Max and Furiosa fighting them off. Max is seeing how fucking accurate Furiosa is with a rifle. The pregnant girl, the most obvious pregnant girl, actually, she starts having contractions. We got more chasing from the rock riders. They get the truck aflame with one of their bombs on the front of it, but they do a cool thing where they close the uh, intake on the motor and drop their plow, and they put it out with the sand that they kick up. Looks pretty cool. The fuel pod finally gets knocked off and explodes. Joe and his monster truck, they've caught up by this point. He's about to shoot Furiosa, but splendid. Um, the most pregnant of the brides. She opens up the door and kind of holds herself out to kind of block Furiosa. His monster monster truck's like a a dune buggy with big wheels, right? It's not like a truck truck. Or is that the one that he has at the end? Does he like switch at some point? Yeah, because he rolls this one. Okay. Does he? Yeah. Well, I thought he rolled one at the end too. And the one at the end is kind of more like a a buggy truck. Two buggies put together. The other one has like, uh, it's like two, it's like dually tires, giant tully or dually tires on the back. It's kind of lifted and kind of lean forward. Yeah. This is the most, more traditional, like rock climby monster truck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of the one at the end, but I know which one you're talking about now. (laughs) So he keeps it a car movie, man. Mm hmm. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. So shots are exchanged and Nux climbs over to Joe. He says he knows about the secret path from the truck or up to the truck. Joe's like, all right, dude. Gives him a fucking blast of cron chrome. Says, uh, you bring me my wives back and I'll carry you to, to fucking Valhalla myself. Valhalla. Fuck yeah. Nux, Nux is fucking stoked to be witnessed. He jumps across, or actually Rictus, Rictus throws him across over to the tanker. He climbs up, but embarrassingly, he gets caught up on his chain, and he almost falls off the truck, embarrassing himself in front of Joe. Mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> yeah. I kind of did. On on this watch, I was like, Morton Joe's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> There's a certain like aspect to him that's <laughs> entertaining. Uh, fucking awesome uh, truck jump that Joe makes to get in front of the war rig. 
So now they're in front. Uh, Rick, Rick Dis, uh, Joe's kid, the fucking giant six foot five dude, he shoots a harpoon and it catches the steering wheel, uh, almost rips off Max's hand. Furiosa and Splendid, they help to pull it out and keep Max inside. The steering wheel gets pulled off. Furiosa quickly locks onto the column with a pipe wrench and they use that, but they still grind up against a boulder. Oh. Now, Splendid, she was on the outside of the truck when she was helping Max. She almost gets knocked off here when they grind up against this boulder. It's tense for a second, but they realize that she made it to the back of the cab. Max gives her a little thumbs up. She starts to climb up to the front, but her bloody foot that, if you remember, she got fucking grazed by Max. She fucking slips. She falls. Joe swerves to miss her, and that truck rolls over. The well, other girls get hit in the leg, but I guess it would have went down to her yeah, foot. Yeah, like pours down to her foot. Yeah. The other girls, they start to panic, but Max insists she went under the wheels. And Furiosa and he agree they got to continue on. We see Joe carrying Splendid's seemingly uh, lifeless body. This time, his like the mouth on his mask is open. And he's like screaming and Rictus is just fucking shooting up into the air. Wasting more ammo. And we take a pee break. All right. Welcome back. Max is, I don't know, basically responsible for killing a Morton Joe's prized bride. But. The war rig has gotten away. Furiosa and Max, they deal with the overheated rig while the ladies mourn the loss of Splendid. One of the girls tries to run away. She's hoping to go back to Joe. He'll forgive us. You think Max but, is to blame? Uh, I mean, he shot her in the leg and she slipped on her blood. I really don't think Max is to blame, I think. <laughs> kind of sound like a, a Morton Joe supporter to me. <laughs> Morning, Joe. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, you've drawn a line in the sand. Yeah, dude. I don't think I don't think he's funny. I just like his politics. <laughs> Love what he's doing here. No, it's not his fault. Um, kind of wish there was more of him. I like when he yells mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the the rest of the girls they they managed to get her back to the truck. And in this, Furiosa shows off her sniping skills by being able to take out an approaching motorcycle. We're now into the evening. The uh, the redhead of the brides, she goes to do lookout on the rear of the rig. When she does that, she finds a sad Nux. He's embarrassed by his mediocre performance. I think her, own- hair, her hair was more kind of gray in color. <laughs> He doesn't take in the fact that we only watched Black and Chrome. She's kind of like a... Like How a the medi- fuck like else do gray. am I supposed to differentiate them? Like I don't know their names. gray color, kind of. All right. So, in the back of this fuel pod... I also thought have to was, respect our decision. Yeah, it was also really dumb to keep talking about the green place, because everything's just fucking... Black and white the whole time. Shit, it was green. I was like, are they gonna Schindler's list this and like green it up there at the end? Mm -hmm. 
Nux is bummed that his own blood bag is driving the rig that killed Joe's favorite. They connect because obviously she's into damaged dudes. And he's being real funny (laughs) about his lumps, Larry and Barry. Which he's got like right on his collarbone, like two fucking tumors that he's had smiley faces tattooed on. You know, you got to lean into your stuff, you know. Isn't one smiley and one's frowny? Oh, it might have been. I, I, mean, I was a little too grossed out to really kind of dissect them. Got to rep what the Lord gave you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do in this environment? Would you guys, would you be war boys or would you just kill yourselves? I feel no, like a, I would, I'd be a road warrior, bro. I feel like a war boy. It's almost just more like, oh, you got radiated too much. So yeah. You've kind of fallen into this lifestyle. You fried too much, bro. Yeah, I guess I guess I would wait to see how radiated I am and then decide how to live. I think I'm climbing that cliff and just jumping off. I'm midsummering myself. Yeah, it's, well, it seems like there's two classes at the Citadel, right? There's the yeah. poor slaves or the war boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a female, you hope that you get to be a mother, right? Just sit around all day and lactate. I guess there's Get there's more just the milk bar, the, like everyone and Immortem Joe, and like Immortem Joe decides who gets privileges. Mm-hmm. You control the water, baby. I mean, yeah, he decides who who lives and dies, who yeah. goes to Valhalla, and who gets to make feast. Did you catch that? So what are they going to do with this Furiosis prequel? Well, Toecutter's dead. Some people have talked about that they think Furiosa was a former bride. Because um, she talks about how she was taken away at a young age. She's obviously not like irradiated like a lot of those people. So was she a part of that? Was her mother a bride and she died? You know, when did she get her status as a imperator? So I'm assuming that's what the, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a problem with prequels that I have like, yeah, she's cool, but just, just keep Charlize their own and do another story. Do. It's kind of like, uh, She's a bit of a troublemaker, but she's really good at chess. She likes pills, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she fucking loves pills. Loves them. Guzzles oh, is them. This, is this a Gambit, Queen's Gambit thing? Yeah. Okay. No. I didn't watch it. It's a story. Oh, and then also she's like living in a upstairs one-bedroom apartment, and she keeps having flashbacks to... When she was in... Swinging Soho. <laughs> oh. She's a killer. I've also not seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that one either. Um, she's somehow in the she's, she's in the Northman. Somehow she's yeah. working with John Hamm. She's the she's the girl in the uh, the witch, right? Yeah, yeah. The future five star banger. 
All right, through the night, they come across some wet sand. Not quite quicksand, but just fucking soggy, slick sand causing them to slide about. They get stuck a few times, but they're able to free themselves using the engine compartment hood and dropping some weight. Um, in their tracks, which is kind of cool, Max lays some traps for the uh, war party coming up behind him. Joe's team hits these things, and they blow up, and this slows them down too. Uh, the people eater is one of the people in the war party, this fat fuck. Hey, uh, was uh, he purple? Because I only watched the black and chrome edition. Uh, he's gray. He had one eye and one Everybody's gray. Damn it. I really was really wondering that. I was like, fuck, is this a purple guy? Shit. He's got like a nose prosthetic, like a bejeweled yeah. nose. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I'd wear that. He starts going on about the cost of this endeavor uh, Endeavor to Joe. He's uh, We've already used 30,000 units of guzzoline, 19 canisters of nitro, 12 assault bikes, 7 pursuit vehicles, and the deficit mounts. Oh, so this would be Kron in our Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's, the, he's, just he's the accountant. Shitty accountant. So the organic mechanic, he yells at, uh, I fucking love that. I'm he sorry yells, that the guy know when, knows when to cut his losses. I mean, <laughs> I know when to go home. Sorry to have a rational mm-hmm. thinker in the room. I don't know. Dude's pretty fat. I don't know when he, if he knows when to like cut it off. He knows when. He's addicted to food, it's man. A, Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's a macro view of things. <laughs> Let's not isolate him. All right, the organic mechanic, he tells Joe, like, hey, this pretty one, she's breathing her lasts, but, and Joe's like, fucking cut out the baby. Sure enough, he cuts his baby out. Mechanic says, well, one month, that's all, it, or that's, yeah, it's one month short of life. Would have been perfect in every way. Fucking Rick just starts screaming, I, I had a brother, he was perfect, perfect in every way. And the bullet farmer, he's impatient. Now, the bullet farmer, he is in like a custom sort of uh, car with uh, tank tracks, rather. So he can navigate the sand, no problem. He's impatient, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going off. So Nux is now on the squad. Uh, Redhead girl or medium grayish hair girl. She convinces them that, like, hey, he's... He's with us. He warns them of some high ground past a tree. Funny thing where he's like, that thing. He doesn't know what a tree is. Um, Idiot. Yeah, what yeah. a fucking dumbass, dude. <laughs> I There's trees on top of the fucking cliffs that they live in at the Citadel. Does he, but does he get to go up there? I, he goes out another. on war parties. Can you not see that? They just call it the thing. Yeah, they probably got some dumb Australian word for it, Dan. Mm-hmm. Snooglebopper or something. <laughs> we only like rank in maybe six Australian downloads every six months. So, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's probably a koala bear that walked on top of an iPhone that got lost. <laughs> 
All right. So um, where are we at? All right. Yeah. So the bullet farmer, he's approaching closer. Max, he decides to take a few shots with a sniper rifle. He misses the first few. Um, he sort of realizes Furiosa is the better shot with this thing. So he lets her shoot the last round. She shoots the searchlight on top of the bullet farmer's truck. The shards blind the bullet farmer. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Max and Nux, they winch the the rig out of the sand by tying it to that tree that he was talking about. And the bullet farmer, he realizes he's now blinded, just goes fucking full bore, starts yelling, I am the scales of justice, starts firing wildly. They get closer and closer. A um, little bit of panic. Furiosa Crime eventually helps push IPAs, the rig. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They finally get this thing unstuck. Max tells Furiosa to take the truck a little further down the track. She's like, what are you going to do? He's like, just go. I'll meet you. He takes off into the night. We don't see this, but this is really cool. We hear gunfire. We hear an explosion. And... While they're while he's doing this, the ladies and nucks they're cooling off the engine using some mother's milk out of the tanker. Max returns. He's got a proper hell, steering dude. wheel. Yeah, <laughs> not your mother, not your milk. He comes back. He's he gives a steering wheel to nucks. He gives him a boot that he because he stole a boot from nucks earlier. He's got a shit ton of ammo and he's covered in not his blood. The rig moves on. They pass a dead forest. It's full of crows and these scavengers on stilts, like a fucking Manson concert. They okay. continue on to where they assume the green place is. Or Max, like the gathering of the juggalo. Let's not be. <laughs> that you went to this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where you got a. Uh, uh, Allergies and a sunburn. Oh, strep throat. No, what's it called when you kiss somebody? Mono? Yeah, you got mono at the gathering. I mean, it could be called love as well. No, it's mono. That's what Bone says. Hey, hey baby, come over hard. here and give me some mono. Coming at me hard this week. Radiated juggalo mono. Max is asking all sorts of questions like, how do you know about this green place? It's probably their new single or some shit. Furiosa says that she was born there. She was taken as a child. Maybe it was the Fago scratch. Max not really throat. not really buying what he's oh, hearing. Oh shit, you fat bitch, you just kissed me. <laughs> so it's the next day, the next morning, and the crew see an old whoop, electrical whoop. grid tower. <laughs> Atop the tower, there's a naked woman yell, uh, yelling for help, but Max immediately notes this as bait. That's bait. Furiosa approaches and declares herself one of the Vuvalini of the many, mother, many mothers. Her clan was Swaddle Dog. A bunch of bikes approach, and we get a flock of old librarians and mosaic artists. You guys ever seen a lady's Vuvalini? <laughs> Only twice. Is that the the fatter uh, outer part you or the it. little you, thinner in part? You'd know it if you saw it. <laughs> okay. The mysteries of the world. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit, but they eventually accept Furiosa as one of their own. She says she's been gone 7,000 days. It's about 19 years, Dan. It's like how long it took the last Tool album to come out. 
These old ladies, they're weary of the two men and the crew, but they're fascinated by these healthy, beautiful women. Got them, dude. Fucking got tool. <laughs> I mean... Uh, burn. Yeah, burn. Shame on you taking forever to make a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. Well, they did sell it for like 500 bucks a pop or something. <laughs> that was good. That was a little shitty. <laughs> Well, there, there were certain tiers. Yeah. I mean, you just listen on Spotify and be fine. Everybody's freaking out because the core, the core, the cure is selling like concert shirts for like thirty bucks. Like, oh, there's, they're so awesome. Yeah, no, they're just reasonable. I feel like that's a pretty standard like concert shirt price. You haven't been to a concert in a while, have you? Is it more than that? Tool rocks like a $70 shirt. Mm, that sounds like then, based on what I know. I Listen, if you charge $70 for it and people keep buying it, you can it's charge no, $70 no for it. And stop praising them for not releasing an album for 12 fucking years i guess that's why they the have fans to... should have said we're not buying any fucking tickets until you put out a new fucking album how about that i guess that's why they have to charge 70 dollars for a shirt because they only work once every <laughs> no it's 50, complete sellouts every years time. or so we gotta make these dollars last people <laughs> i don't know I don't buy fucking t-shirts. I don't buy posters. I don't give a shit. I'm not part of the problem. You can charge whatever you want, and these people can pay whatever they want. I, it's the same thing for physical media. I don't give a shit. I I don't need it. I'll pay $9.99, and I'll get it digitally, and I can watch it so much easier. That's even worse. Now you don't even have a physical thing. You just have a... But I have access to it. Nine you, bucks. You got fucking zeros and ones, dude. And then it disappears. Yeah. They're going to take it away one day. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit. That's true. Yeah, because... A cup of coffee on my iPad or whatever. I guess you got a cloud, though. You know what? I'm not going to have this fucking fight because (laughs) all I keep doing is just inviting more shit upon myself. And it seems most of our friends are all physical media guys. So I'm I'm not going to shit talk. If that's what you like, that's what you like. But... Also, don't bitch if Vinegar Syndrome charges $50 for a Blu-ray. And you're like, oh, gotta, that's got to go down in price first. Or that thing's too expensive. Or Criterion, I'm, uh, I'm going to buy 100 fucking DVDs when they go on sale. Like, no, just buy this shit digitally or wait for it to pop up on Netflix. And go yeah. by your day. There's less shit to move. Are You, you, you guys pulling you- out your DVD cases and like going through them? Fucking open them up, holding them in your hand, rubbing them up against your fucking face, like feeling great. Look at this yeah. art. Look at this fucking great art. Look at all this stuff. I Just that. stuff, man. Dude. Zeros and ones. Your fucking money's zeros and ones, dude. Not mine. That's the fuck. That's the fucking planet. Cron, do you there know an n- arsonist? You know an arsonist in St. Louis? I'm sleeping on my ones and fives every night, dude. <laughs> Stuffed into my mattress. That's why your mattress is so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Sadly, the green place is no more. I Furiosa just put Pop-Tarts like, in mine. I'm, I'm so stoked for these ladies to see it, but the mothers are like, shit, if you came from the east or you came from the west, you already passed it. And they realize, oh, shit, that must have been that place with the crows and the scavengers. And the many mothers or what's left of the many mothers basically say, yeah, the water turned to shit, sky, soil turned to shit. We had to leave. We're the last of what's left. Later that night, the ladies look out at the night sky. They watch a satellite fly over. One of the girls says that was a satellite. They used to bounce messages across the earth with those. There goes all of Bones' media. Mm-hmm. It's up safe, up in that satellite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Till Russia shoots it down. Yeah, corrupted millennia ago. One of the ladies says something about shows. In the old world, everyone had a show. They're talking about podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about our shitty show. Aimed, aimed at us. Yep. Hey. It's a podcast, but zeros and ones. It's true. Maybe we could, um, should we like press all of our episodes onto vinyl? Yeah. And maybe start selling those? Yeah, I think so. That'd be a good For all those physical, physical media freaks out there. It's a good idea. I like that. We'd have to send you one though, so you'd have to keep them. Why? Because you're not going to... I don't like... I. Uh, just to be clear, we are using Tools Pricing Index, so <laughs> the records are $450 a pop. And if we sign them, they're 4000 mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's... It'd be one thing if they just put out uh, six rushed songs... And they did not put all of that work into it like they do. I don't, why am I fucking defending them? What? What? It seems odd that Dan, the, the guy that probably is most responsible for getting me into Tool, is now I'm knocking just, them. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying, like, there comes a point where you got to be like, this is ridiculous. And right. Everyone's just like. But that's the people. That's not me. No one's attacking you. I I know, but I'm saying I. My argument is, if you're gonna knock them, like I can't believe they're selling t-shirts for seventy dollars. The problem is, there's people buying the t-shirt for seventy dollars. If the t-shirt was ten, maybe I would buy it. But I can make that decision. I told you about the guy the last time I went to see him. Had a fucking bag of merch. Had a poster. Had a shirt. I'm pretty sure he got like the custom vinyl that they put out for that tour. And I told my wife, I was like, that's like $500 worth of shit that he's got in that bag. The guy got so fucking stoned, he was passed out at the second song. I was like, that's what's wrong. I should have. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that Tool would say like, that's the fucking joke. That's why we called ourselves Tool. So people would wear our fucking t-shirt says fucking tool like i don't know it's it's not too dissimilar from us being fucking condescending about like everybody's got a fucking podcast and we think it's fucking yeah like yeah but our podcast is good 
It's not. The show's not good, dude. Yeah, yeah, it is. No. Mediocre. It's the best. It's mediocre. Thank you, Kron. People are... The few people that, like, kind of listen, they're just being nice. Like, they like us. They're Mm -hmm. being nice. This isn't... This isn't... This isn't... This isn't... Nobody's enjoying this. Certainly not me leading through the plot of this movie. You picked it. I know. <laughs> you picked it. I know. You forced your hand. I'm not... That's not what I'm saying. But I'm... The show isn't good. It's the best. I know. Please send One of the many mothers. <laughs> Next episode will be that's on the, Patreon. That's the trick. Yeah. If we really thought we were good, we would go to Patreon, right? Well, we could just try it for a month. We don't no, have we like, don't have an audience oh, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's the move. If we really thought like yeah, it's a good product, we we would have decided a while ago. Be like, you know what? We should probably try to make. Like I'm hemorrhaging money here, dude. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you see this pop filter, Dan? You think that grew on a tree? <laughs> You don't see one here. That's my how harder, mu- like, that's my heart how, dollars. How much money have you guys spent on physical media to rip it so we could watch it? Does that not help you? I, it helps I'm not you. knocking it, but if you also didn't share it with me, I would just pay to rent it di- digitally. It, it does sound a little bit like you're not. Some of it. them you can't. Th- and that's you. fine. And you make that Se- that weighs two? into your decision of what you're picking. Why are you mad at me for saving you money? <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm adding I'm adding up all of the numbers. He's the conservative that hated the stimulus check. Nope, not spending that. <laughs> I want it back. That defeats the purpose. You're it's meant to stimulate the economy. So even if you nope. disagreed with it, you fucking order some DoorDash. You do as something. Soon as, as that's soon what as it's I for. Buy that's why it's called a stimulus cash. Joe Biden's going to be knocking on my door and wanting it back. <laughs> that was a conversation with some people that I had. I was like, what? Okay. Not me. Went straight into the mattress, dude. He's like, I'll take yours. Send it over. Did you just cash all 600 bucks out in ones? Yeah. Just to make it a little bit more firm? Yeah, because yeah, you got to like... You can't have it uneven. You want to have a consistent layer. So you got to actually stack. Oh, yeah. It's a whole ordeal. I don't know. I don't think the stack would be comfortable. I feel like you'd have to have columns of stack for support, right? But then crumpled. You guys know you guys. Crumpled hair on top. It's like a <laughs> stacked on the bottom. Think of yeah. it like a bed of nails. You, Ouch. You need distribution. Okay. Who the fuck... Is that a movie thing? A bed of nails? No, you can do it now. Money in the mattress. Oh, yeah, that's a money thing. I don't do that. (laughs) Or a movie thing. Yeah. It's It's a a, movie thing. Movie thing. Don't go near my mattress. (laughs) All right. One of the many mothers, she shows uh, off her little bag of seed collection. She talks the days when people had what they needed without the need to snap anyone. That's their term for blowing out the fucking base of their brain. Some lady's a gangster, man. Yeah. Furiosa tells Max of her last-ditch plan. 
They're going to load up the bikes with whatever they can, and they're going to head across the salt flats. 160 days of riding. She tells Max she's given him one of the bikes and that he's welcome to come. But Max, he will make his own way. The next day, sort of a, a, a mirror image of our, of our opening scene, we see Max staring out over the salt flats. He starts seeing his visions again. Damn it. And he runs off after the ladies. He stops him. He tells him his plan. We turn around. We head right back where we came. Back to the Citadel. One of the girls jokes, I thought you weren't insane anymore. But he convinces him, and Furiosa realizes he's right. So all the war parties, they're not at the Citadel. They blast through. They blow the tanker at the Canyon Pass, because obviously it's open now. And they take the, the Citadel for themselves. Joe's war party sees that war rig heading back to them, and they make chase. One of the first cars that comes across is Max's old interceptor. He fucking eyes it. That's mine. And this is what I wrote as the spit off. So there's a dude chilling on the front of the interceptor and he's uh, mouthing some ge- uh, guzzling and sort of spraying it into the intake. Nux decides I'm going to do the same thing. He hops out on the front of the war rig. They start to do that. He kind of chokes up a little bit, and Max has to go out and help him. So this is just to kind of keep them away from that interceptor, but eventually engine one goes out. Max tells Nux to go underneath and uh, repair that. And then Max needs like one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I think you were talking earlier about the fight at the, like when they're stopped. Yeah. But I like the car chase where they're like, I think they call it like nudging the engines or something. Mm-hmm. Looks fucking cool. Yeah, she tells him like, "Don't blow my engine," and he's yeah. like, "I'm just gonna, I just gotta nudge it." So, um, but yeah. So while Nux is fixing that, Max needs to go unhook the tanker and get that ready. He takes one of the uh, mini mothers with him. The war boys start firing harpoons, and. They're connect. They're hitting the back of the tanker, and then they've got plows on the back of their cars that they're dropping. So they're trying to anchor and slow down the war rig. And then everything, everything you see in this movie has repeated uses. Whether it's the fucking uh, blood tube that Max now has wrapped up and coiled on his jacket, and particularly these bolt cutters. So Max uses these bolt cutters to kind of snip these lines off these harpoons. But by this point, the pole cats show up. And this is like half a dozen vehicles that have these fucking uh, counterweighted poles that these guys are on the top. And this is so fucking cool. So like the counterweight are like old engines and one guy bouncing and kind of swinging this thing. So these guys can kind of come into the rig and then bounce back out. Toast, one of the ladies, I think it's that Zoe Kravitz, um, she gets taken by one of these polecats. And he's uh, like, you're going to come my way. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um, while he's it's on the back Lenny of the tank. Lenny Kravitz song, Kron. Oh, I didn't, I forgot that this guy's uh, pants blew out and his giant dong <laughs> was visible. <laughs> 
you forgot? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I but forgot you just that, reminded yourself of it? I forgot it? that happened in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Max almost gets shot in the air or in the head with an arrow. Furiosa gets stabbed while holding on to Max because he. Uh, oh, I'm skipping a few things. So he gets up uh, after getting shot, kind of in the hand, into the head. He goes up to the front of the war rig, and there's a dude with a chainsaw and another guy. Max wrestles around and um, throws one war boy in front of the guy with the chainsaw. So that guy gets kind of quickly chopped and then thrown off. But Max falls off the truck. Furiosa is able to kind of grab him before he falls. So he's hanging from the side of the truck by Furiosa's metal arm. While she's doing that, another war boy sneaks in, stabs her. She can barely hang on. At this point, Nux gets engine one back on. He's hanging up underneath the truck. He gives Max a kick which is enough for Max to swing up onto the People Eater's truck. He uses his rig to sort of block for Furiosa, and this whole time he's, like, fucking with the People Eater. Like, uh, breaks he breaks his wrist really easy. He holds him in front, so he's like a fucking bullet shield for him. And then he uses the People Eater's, like, giant swollen foot to slam down on that rig to keep it going. So he jumps, tries to jump back to the war rig. Um, he gets pulled off by one of the pole cats. So while he's trying to get to the rig, he ends up bouncing between like four other vehicles and finally ends up on the music rig. Um, cool little fight where he knocks off the doof warrior. And then he's using the guitar to hit a few people off. At this point, they get to the Canyon. Joe gets in front of the war rig Furiosa climbs to Joe's rig and uses a harpoon on it. Uh, Rictus hops from uh, onto the war rig where he and Max fight. Furiosa gets up next to Joe, gets the harpoon up into his masks, or uh, like the little tubes of his mask. She yells, uh, remember me. She then lets the chain from the harpoon get wrapped up in the tires and this rips off Joe's jaw. The the war rig is now toast, so everybody moves from that up to Joe's vehicle. Everybody but Nux. He stays behind. He gets slowed down, keeping Rictus from uh, jumping back to the uh, original, or Joe's truck. Rictus fucking pulls out of the piece of the engine, starts screaming, the war rig is aflame. Nux kind of points to his redhead, gray, gray-haired lady, rather, and kind of whispers, witness me. Nux rolls the rig, destroying the pass, you, baby. And causing a massive wreck behind him. Looks good. Looks great. You get that cool uh, 3D shot of the guitar kind of, uh, yeah, kind of on the rubber band that it's on, kind of flying in and out. Yeah, it kind of like comes at the screen and then pops back real quick. A little three-dimensional for you. Mm-hmm. I put my glasses on for it. Cool. You know, Tool had that 3D. Um, 
Dang. Where does that album rank with you? I didn't have the $300 to pick it up, so <laughs> I paid $8 for it for a used copy. Um, 10,000 days. It's pretty high. I think Lateralis 10,000 days probably tied for number one. That fear inoculum right on their heels. It's 10,000 days. How long it was between album releases. That was always my joke. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, um, his mom's diagnosis or how long she lived after her diagnosis or something. It's actually really offensive to like make fun of that. Cause you're talking about like a woman's real life and stuff. If a doctor, Speaking of a we, woman about to lose her life, Furiosa's lungs are collapsing. If a doctor gave uh, me 10,000 days, I think it'd be like, oh, isn't it? <laughs> it could be worse. Too bad. Well, we know 7,000 days is 19 years. Yeah. I won't live that long. You've oh. already lived for 19 years. I, but I won't live for another. Yeah, I think you'll make it. You'll make it. I'm going to take that more. bet. I hope I'm gonna not. I'm going to take that bet. I hope not. <laughs> I lose now, either way, right? Are we going to have 7,000 more episodes? That's the question. No. No. This is it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be 8,000. One and done on these seasons, buddy. At least we got one more to go, I guess. We'll see. We'll find out what it is later. It's like a Netflix show. We don't know if we're coming back. We don't We don't got the, the numbers. Mm-mm. All right, Max has to pop the pressure out of Furiosa's chest cavity. Hey, He's we don't apologizing. Have to release him either. <laughs> well, he does it. She's also a lot of t- uh, lost a ton of blood, but as we know, he's fucking high octane O negative. V eight, V eight, V eight. So he hooks himself up. He starts to donate some of his blood to Furiosa, and in this moment, he tells her his name. My name is Max. The truck shows up to the Citadel. Last few of the uppity guards give them grief, but once Max shows that a Morton Joe's jawless corpse is tied to the front of the truck, the people sort of revolt. They win the crowd. The war boys, the city's poor, the slaves, they start working the platforms and they let Furiosa and the gang up. The ladies ascend. They start pulling up some of the poor people along for the ride. The mothers turn on the water. And Max slips away into the crowd, giving Furiosa the slightest of nods. Where must we go, we who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves? The first history man. The end. That was Mad Max Fury Road. I in no way did that justice. It's kind of a... I was trying to think of... um, because I did Tough Guys Don't Dance, which was all like shitty dialogue and overplot. And this is kind of the opposite of like, it's almost just visuals at a certain extent. So, yeah, I, I don't know which one is worse, I guess. This is which, a worse episode. Which one is harder to like describe to, to a listener? Well, to be fair... Tough Guys Don't Dance is uh, substantially more confusing. Um, so I think uh, I think you had the harder task. 
in terms of if if you looked at if you were trying to tell the stories to people who had not watched the movies, I think Tough Guys Don't Dance is the harder of the two to sort of explain what was going on. Maybe. I could I, I could sum this up in two sentences. There's a a, a rabid post-apocalyptic road warrior named Max who helps a woman who is trying to take a truckload of women to a green place. The said owner of these women gives chase, action ensues, and the women return to the point of origin triumphant. Two sentences. All right, Very so long. A couple run-on sentences, but... Eh. Okay, a, pa- a paragraph. <laughs> As commissioner, I'll give it to him. Okay. <laughs> you still wearing that commissioner hat? Yeah, you never take it off. Why? I guess technically, if Horror Drafts has not done another episode, I'm still you're the still fucking technically commissioner. the commissioner. So. Wow. Yeah. You Check just... out Dan's appearance on the Horror Drafts, where they picked uh, or they drafted horror remakes. Fun time. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Gentlemen, upon further research, this was released May 15th of 2015, uh, along with its only competition that week being Pitch Perfect 3. Oh, I know where I was then. <laughs> I know where my wife was. A uh, budget of between 155 to $185 million. It made a box office of $415 million over that. Uh, counting the opening voiceovers and discounting any grunts, Max has exactly 52 lines of dialogue. Yeah, but some of them are like, yeah, like one word. Mm. Editor Margro, Margaret Sixel, who is also married to George Miller, said, I think 470 hours of footage took her three months to watch it all. Uh, the film was shot in sequence. Uh, the guitar weighed 132 pounds and did have a flamethrower on it, which was controlled by the whammy bar. Fucking cool. This film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, and it won six. Best black and white cinematography. Best. And put it in as black and white. Black and Chrome came out few years later uh there's a lot of technical stuff if you want to look it up on everything um very few cgi most of it was practical they tried not to use cgi only to just add take out uh camera rigs and wires and stuff like that so her arms yeah furios's arm and stuff like that there's only two sequences that stood out to me where the compositing was really el- uh, like relevant and that's usually when they were on a back of like the tanker yeah. um but to me if uh, it's not cheating to me if you have the explosion and then you still like you composite max flying in like over the pole vault like that doesn't yeah. count to me like you still actually blew that fucking thing up but there's just a few times where you could tell that that background is obviously um, CG'd. 
So I'll, I'll credit where credit's due, man. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't too, I mean, I, I didn't really notice anything that was like offensively digital. Like I thought all the action looked realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's really it. Like I said, if you want to get into the technical side of it, there's a shit ton of stuff you can look up. Uh, set back a lot. He had this idea from the 80s, set back due to 9-11, the Iraq War, Mel Gibson's, of course, controversies that he had. So, and finally got it done this time around. He does have a sequel called The Wasteland, I think we discussed. And like I said, we discussed Furiosa, which should be coming out next year. Hmm. I know, I think it was 2001, so pre-9-11, they had already built, they did like 10 to 12 weeks of building. And it actually shipped stuff from Australia to Namibia? Is that how you say it? Nambia? Um... And then got shut down. And then on their second attempt, they got shut down again. So they had to destroy everything that they had built. Was that with Mel? Like, had they brought Mel out for that shit? Mm, I guess no, maybe they weren't shooting that. yet. Yeah. If they were just like so. building stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, Ledger, he had spoke to Heath Ledger about doing it too. Yeah, I think at I remember one point. reading... Something about that as well. Yeah. Where was this filmed? Do, do you either of you know? Africa. <sighs> okay. Namibia. Yeah. Because yeah, they needed... Australia. I believe one of the first times that shut them down was the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they got record-setting rain, and the area that they were planning to shoot was now super lush. So that set them back. I place the rings in Africa. And, and the behind the scenes, he talks about how it hit him. He got the flash of the idea at a crosswalk of like, it'd be awesome to just like tell a story that was literally just a chase. Like it started and they worked their way back and then it sat with him for a while. And then he was on a, a Pacific flight back to Amsterdam or Australia and had like a crazy fucking fever dream where a lot of the flashes came in and that's when they started storyboarding. So like no proper script, just he had like two artists that just storyboarded everything. So I'd be fucking awesome to get one of those uh, plaques that they had in this office. They show like this Mad Max war room that just has like all these stills everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, he's definitely a talented director. Maybe, I'd say underrated as well. I mean, I guess he got his due here, I guess, but. And such a crazy filmography. Like, yeah. Fucking oh, yeah. Babe. Everywhere. Happy Feet. Yeah, it's kind of wild that he, like, Seems like he will eventually come back to these, but yeah, in the middle he's like, "No, I'm gonna go do like a family movie now." Yeah, <laughs> like all right. I think he did the East, or uh, the Witches of Eastwick. Hell yeah, he did. So, yeah, but that's George, it for George Miller. Research. 
Wasn't he a donator too? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which they is, call him Doctor Love. Which is why, like, uh, all the terms that they're using when Furiosa's lungs are collapsing mm-hmm. are like all like the fucking most hardcore medical terms. Like the four or five things that they say are like the exact terminology. Um. Well, yeah. Let's do it. You guys ready? Rate my box. Anybody got a average score from Letterbox? The Letterbox score is four point one. Damn, pretty high. Might be the highest we've ever had. I think it is. Phantom of the Paradise was a four, but this is a four point one. All right, I'm holding. Cron Howard. I think I got you at a three. I got Bones at a four. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do the same. Bones four, Dan three. Three point five for both of you. Oh, gentlemen, this is a movie. Is it's a force of nature? You can't deny that. Uh, technical. Would you say masterpiece? Uh, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things you notice. I think more things that I've noticed on the rewatches. Um, it looks great. It looks cool. This is a fucking cool story. This is fucking cool. Like you see this preview in 2015, and you're like, I'm gonna go fucking watch that because that looks fucking cool. This big rig should have never stopped. It should have just kept going. Because I love this up until they stop in that desert. And I think that's where it just loses me for some reason. And it pulls you back in at the end, of course, with all the other, with the action and stuff like that. And like I said, every, on every level, technically wise, it's great. It's fucking great. Bow down to George Miller for doing this at his age and coming up with this. But for some reason, it's this is just a three for me, man. I I don't know what doesn't kick me over to the like, fuck yeah, dude. I don't I just I think it's that middle part. The fifty two lines of dialogue thing, when I read that, I was like, maybe that's Maybe I don't have enough Max, and it's called Mad Max. I mean, I feel like he should have called this one, like, Furiosa. But I guess that's the next one. But I don't know. There's just something there. I feel like I need a little more, like, Tom Hardy. He adds, like, is it supposed to be his daughter, like, that's having the flashbacks, I guess? Like, that's never really touched on. It's just kind of pushed in there. 
So, like I said, it's fucking awesome. But I don't know. For some reason, it just doesn't. Yeah, I felt like that when I seen it the first time. And I was excited to really focus on it this time. And same thing. Like, I was like, fuck. So I don't know. There's something in the middle there that's just not. I know you have to slow the movie down. You can't just have it a fucking 100% fucking adrenaline rush the whole time. But I don't know. Yeah, three for me. And I don't know why. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Charlie Chaplin's Fury Road. Uh, This was an interesting watch, especially in the black and chrome version. Um, I mean, just to start out, like, since we all did watch the black and chrome, uh, I honestly do think it worked better in this movie than I thought it might going into it. Um, There is some stuff that looks like, like pretty natural in the black and white version, but at the same time, uh, the black and white things, they always just seem like a crazy cash grab to me. Um, Like I kind of said earlier, I couldn't find anything where Miller himself said that this was his vision going into it. Um, And I do think if you were designing this for black and white, as the director, you would have shot things differently and you would have lit things differently. Um, At the end of the day, we all just kind of watch this movie through an Instagram filter, which I don't know if it really services the film overall. And then from the studio perspective, it always seems like, hey, your movie is like outperforming way more than we thought it would. Uh, How do we get these fucking meat bags back into the theater to give us more of their dollars. Um, so the black and like black and chrome, black and white versions, uh, they just always seem like a weird cash grab to me getting into the actual movie. Uh, I think I'm just gonna kind of echo Dan's sentiment. Like this is a movie that I respect more than a movie that I enjoy watching. Um, because there is something that bumps me about it. Like, I don't know if it's the cutting of the action. I don't know if it's just the, like, frenetic, crazy nature of the entire thing. Like, just something I can't get into. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is, like, George Miller's realized film. Like, I don't think he had to uh, cut a lot of corners and, like, you know, bow down to the studio. Like, I think this is his movie. I think he had a vision and I think he saw that through. And if nothing else, I respect the man for being able to create a movie on his terms, the way that he wants to do it. The fact that he's been able to like kind of keep this franchise, like completely his own idea throughout its entire run is admirable. Um, yeah, but I don't, I'm, I'm kind of with Dan. Like, I don't know why this is a 3.0 to me too. Like, I think there's stuff in here that if you wrote this down on a piece of paper, I should like it more than I do, but there's just something about it that bumps me. I don't know if it's how stylized it is, how crazy and kinetic, but I don't know what to say. It's just when I take a step back from it, it's not a movie I've desired to watch since I first saw it. And I don't, I just don't feel drawn to it. And that's about it. 3.0. 
I had originally rated this at as a four. I don't think I was on Letterboxd at the time when this first came out. But when I first watched it, my memory was, man, that looked fucking great. That action was awesome. But like you said, Kron, it wasn't something that I thought, oh, I can't wait to watch that again. It seemed like a of the moment, watch it in a theater, big takeaway, sort of event type movie and sort of move on. And there was stuff in it that sort of bumped me. Some of the speed ramping, a lot of the um, audio choices seemed odd, but I had to just give credit where credit was due. And this was a solid four to me. And I, it always seemed a little strange. The people that went higher, the people that just immediately called this a sort of a masterpiece. And, um, so going into this, I thought, nah, it'd be a strong four. I'll pick it for the, the running gag of the black and Chrome fits in with big rigs. Um, I watched it black and chrome the first time and I was just absorbed in it. I I think watching this thing in black and chrome is the way to go. I I'm incapable of explaining the euphoria that I was in within 20 minutes of watching this thing. I was so incredibly absorbed the taking out the color it really clicked this like just simple story and I had to sort of tone myself back from like, Oh shit, am I going to, am I going to do that? Am I going to, am I going to fall into this masterpiece category? So I took another day and then I watched it again while I did notes and had a real tough time doing fucking notes because I was just watching the movie and the criteria that I always go on about is, does this thing succeed in what it sets out to do? 100%. And would I watch this again? 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I think this thing just fucking cooks. I totally see the point about there's not a lot of max. What is that? But if I think about Road Warrior and I think about Thunderdome, that is Matt. Like, Max is the catalyst to tell the stories of this world, right? You throw him in, you see some sort of conflict, he assists, he makes something worse, he makes it better, and then he moves on. And the chills that I got watching this the second time of him slipping into the crowd, um, a man who had just a slight amount of growth and then immediately became uncomfortable with it and decided he needed to leave, just really clicked this thing truly is a a technical masterpiece sadly i don't know if it's something that they'll be able to repeat with furiosa or the wasteland but i want to see it i think i'm a 4.5 on this um i do think that a little bit of the adr on max is quite jarring for me for some reason. It's like obviously not Tom Hardy and some of the stuff that he's saying in the, like when he's uh, chained up to the car kind of throws me. Uh, the first scene with Nux seems to be all ADR. 
and it's really off. But you can't, like, if I weigh that up against the following two hours of the movie, which are almost perfect, it's it's not enough to really knock it. So this this thing grew for me on this on this watch. Uh, I think it deserves to be uh, recognized. So four point five, and of course I picked it, so it it would automatically be four stars. So I'll I'll bump that that point five. Just do you do you wish you could give this a five, or do you feel like it is truly a four point five? I think. Dan sometimes asks me, like, why not a five? Like, what's the difference between a 4.5 and a five? Mm-hmm. Um, Depends on the day you're watching it. I yeah. think so. I also think um, I like to reserve those fives for there's like an emotional connection to it a little bit more, maybe. Um, this to grow from to a five, I think I would need to, it, I need to sit with it in a way. Mm hmm. And I feel weird. I do I genuinely do feel weird giving something a five on this show. Well, see, that's I know that thing exists there. I know that it's it's a it's a it's there for a reason. You've utilized it. It's fair. Um, that's that's more what I was thinking. Like, are you giving this a four point five? Because you're like, oh, I shouldn't give something on this show a five outside of five star bangers. No, I. I genuinely do think that that 4.5 is where I have to go. I was I was thinking a lot. I was like as Dan was talking, I wanted to go like, well, Tool like we're making jokes about it, but it, it is sort of how it sits with me. Like the first time I heard Tool, like I heard Schism and I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. And then you'd hear like Sober and like, yeah, this is pretty great. And then you I listen to an album as a whole and like now I'll tell you like tools, my favorite band. Like I can listen to them like whatever, like this in a way is like that. But the tool albums that I would give a perfect rating to like, it's, I would still skip some of the fucking interstitial songs, right? Like that's just filler stuff with, with this, like what would I change? I, I don't know what I would change. Like, but if you have something that's so technically awesome with these stunts and then you have jarring audio, it's sort of a bummer for me, but it's not a, I'm not like in my head about not giving it a five. It's just trying to be like as truthful as possible. Yeah. And I was thinking a lot about Bushwick, right? A movie that I really loved compared to you guys, but it had sort of the same simple premise, right? Like Mm -hmm. And it absolutely fucking delivered on there. Now, Mad Max, from a technical aspect, yeah, blows that shit out of the water. But I would say Bushwick has the same sort of growth, and it's a very similar sort of story. What's this take place over two, two, three days? So, I mean, and I agree with you, Dan. I think it does, like, you have such velocity on that first half. And you turn around and you come back and it sort of does repeat itself. The only real thing you get, you get like the addition of the polecats, you know. Um, but would it negate the the tenacity of the drive if it was like more of a hand-to-hand thing with with Joe at the end? You know, like would that have thickened it out for you? 
you know, if you had a a more traditional sort of climax. I don't Joe's not my problem. I don't need mediocre Nux. I don't think I, I don't care about him his change, I guess. I don't know. Cause it's like you're a war boy. You're not going to survive this. I guess that's how I've always seen it. Like, you're going to die no matter what. So, I don't know. I guess maybe that was my own thing in my own mind. And then this watch, I'm like, hey, where the fuck is Mad Max at? So, I, I don't know. And I get what you're saying. Yeah, he tells the stories of this world, but... Just call it Fury Road, then. I do think it's fair. Like, you could you could essentially rename Mad Max in this movie, and it, would, it wouldn't really matter. Like, you could take the Mad Max out of it and essentially well, have we, the same story. They announced Furiosa, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not surprised at that at all, you know? But I don't know. I do like the Nux stuff. Like, I think that's one of the biggest high points for me of the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not terrible, but it's just, I just knew the out. Even when I watched it for the first time, I'm like, okay, he's going to join up with them and then he's not going to make it. Like, so I don't, I, like, I don't need that. I think that's a fair thing to say that. I, you call it Mad Max Fury Road, but he's almost a side character. But ultimately, that's just in term. If you're looking at growth, right? If you're looking at who has an arc, like the person who has the most arc in the movie is Nux, right? But yeah, the the whole thing wouldn't be possible without Max. So to me, that's enough. He gets the most action, right? Furiosa gets is probably fires more shots than him, maybe you know, and is just as active. But he's he's still important to the drive of it. So, and I, I, I will agree with you. I think I truly had that too. The first time I saw it, I was like, it's not really a Mad Max movie. It's it's everybody else. But watching it this time and. And really focusing in on uh, his relationship with Furiosa, I was like, okay, they they both gave each other something, right? Like, and and that was enough for me. Like, this is just a this isn't even a chapter. This is just a few pages in the fucking crazy story that is Max. And I think the film reflects that just in just being a chase movie over three days down and back. And, and in no way do I get the sense that he's trying to tell a bigger story than that. He's like, let's tell a small story on a big scale. And that's some, and that I wish you get that more often. Right. Mm-hmm. Fucking John wick. They, at least they had a, they got to go to four different countries now. Like they have to mission impossible. We'll go to fucking five different countries. Right. You know, and the one I love the most, they go to Prague and then they're in Langley. Like, you know, okay. 
I guess they go back to France at the end, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Cron, Ethan, God Hunt, damn, getting fucking killing Mad Max, deep ass film theory and shit on this show. What the fuck? Uh, they're in two different worlds to compare, Dan. I might have to vote Max on that one. I'd have to look at their stats on the back of their cards and <laughs> figure out the tapes. Yeah, look at the tell of the tapes. Uh, guys, Mad Max Fury Road would have an average score from the three of us of 3.5. Uh, Bones, just to point out, Mad Max Fury Road, our scores are 3, 3, 4.5. For the aforementioned Bushwick, our scores were 3, 3, 4.5. <laughs> so at least we're consistent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road would end up at number 25 on the big list. This would currently be right below the Northmen and right above Eve of Destruction. I think we're going to get some flack for this. Why? I, I got to do. I got to be me, baby. I mean, I, I know. I know. I I will tell you. I would. I will watch this any day of the week over Northmen, and I think Northmen. I gave a four. You did. I gave it three. I, I gave it a three point five. Yeah, Dan gave it the lowest out of all oh, of okay. us. Okay. And I tried right. to rewatch it like tw- two times and have not got it. <laughs> uh, rate my letterbox scores, Kron. I got a one, and you both got a one point five. And 1.5. I had to gamble. I thought one of you would maybe edge up a little bit. I thought, well, maybe black and chrome. I was like, it's 50-50 that one of you would, would bump up a little bit. But I considered it. I mean, I, w- I was kind of hoping it would. I would definitely yeah. lean closer to like 3.5 than 2.5. But I don't know, man. At the end of the, like, I've, it's one of those movies where I'm like, I should like this more than I do. But I just... I get it. I can't I help it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think being able to watch it on my big-ass TV at a good volume definitely helped. And Kron, uh, I know your TV is, like, super high on the wall. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and Dan's got those kids, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he can't even turn the volume up and get mm-hmm. that subwoofer bumping. I turned the volume up. Uh, guys, rate my letterbox scores. Uh, Bones still in the lead with a 24. Kron right behind, 23. And Dan, well within reach, 22. Anybody's game. One more to go. One more to go, gentlemen. And we will reveal what that pick is. I will. I'm next. Finishing out season two. No. Please. Or season one. Sorry, shit. Fuck. It's been a long day. Um, Rate and review the show. Please join the Discord. You can find those links on all the episode descriptions. Um, We are going to take a sabbatical in uh july so 
don't freak out if there's no five dr in your feed. Um, you don't like gonna, you don't like it anyway. <laughs> so we're gonna pray. We're gonna spend time with our families and uh, and just you know take a break. There's nothing wrong with that. Mental health. Um, I'm taking a cron cloud to the dome, going to Valhalla. Fuck yeah, dude. We will have some. Uh, We'll, we'll have a rewind coming up. Um, we'll also have a five-star banger. And uh, we've got some Thunder in Paradise coming up as well. So, yeah. Um, hit us up anywhere you can find podcasts. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Witness me. Welcome back, everybody, to the After Shower Show here. Um, been trying to scrub this chrome spray paint off my mouth. Still there, though. Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. This will be the last After Showers of season one. Yeah. Weird. Can you believe it? You don't think we'll After Showers after the next one? I thought we would do like a MCU style post credits. Multiverse? Yeah. I thought we'd do like a like a We'll write ourselves into a corner. As we go on we remember. So we do like one of and then just like a picture montage of us. Yeah, on the I on like the podcast. That. We just show the pictures to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I just like pictures. Should we write and perform a song? I mean, we'll get there eventually. I tried to do an ICP song and I, you just. Yeah, you hated it. You just continued over plot. You bulldozed through that one. I had to get, I had a lot of fucking action to get through. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. The last movie of season one. Better, and, better be um, a fucking good one, Dan. Yeah, dude. I want to thank Kron for... Uh, we started with Big Rigs. You'll never hear those episodes. We covered Convoy, Maximum Overdrive, and Black Dog. Uh, I like what you did, though. Just start... End where we started. Mm-hmm. We're really eating our own assholes. Like Mad um, Max Fury Road. Yeah, something like that. We'll fling back and forth on stuff and shoot bone arrows oh, yeah but i guess thought. i guess we're also returning where we started that's that's poetic bones yeah yeah so uh i started digging and i wanted to kind of see if i could you know pay some respect to the first movies that uh we we covered here on five day rentals and uh with this category Kron brought us Breakdown from 1997, which is a very good movie. And Bones brought us a fucking Oscar winner. 
with Mad Max Fury Road there. And I said, well, this is the last movie for that, that season. And uh, I said, we got to bring it back to what Five Day Reynolds is all about. Movies that nobody's ever fucking heard of. So I did make a connection with one of the movies that was chosen for the very first category. And uh, it was a food and a color. And it was meatloaf and it was the color black. From 2000, streaming for free on Tubi, Blacktop. Featuring Meatloaf and our second appearance from one of the Sex in the City girls, Mrs. Kristen Davis. Scooter pop pop. No. She does not scat in this one. I don't know who Kristen Davis is. Kristen Davis isn't the scatter. Kristen Davis, no. wasn't she Charlotte? Yes. Scooter pop 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 pop. So eventually, I want to hit every what Sex other, and the City girl. What other? There's two more: Sarah Jessica Parker, and then uh, the redheaded girl, Cynthia Nixon. Well, thank God yes. I got Big Trouble on here, so we could. Oh, we've had her twice. Uh, Kim, Kim Cattrall. Who was Kristen yeah. Date? Her. She's the brunette girl. Yeah, but what other movie was she in that we covered? No, uh, Kim was in two movies. She was in oh, Split Second and yeah, uh, Big yeah, Trouble. Yeah. You're just saying she's the second of the Sex and the City girls. Got you. Yeah, of the I, four. For some reason, I took that as this is her second appearance. Sorry. Yeah, directed by Mr. T.J. Scott. Uh, very Canadian. Oh, sorry. Direct to video release here. Oh, sorry. You wouldn't have it in your theater, eh? It's it's might have well no it was on your TV set there Canadian Cron. Okay, bye. But I I have watched this. Um you're probably going to think breakdown, but trust me it it has some different turns in there. Um but yeah, I figured, you know, <laughs> let's bring it back to what we're used to. Cool. And what what better way than Meatloaf playing another villain who drives a big rig? Who would have things an hour and forty minutes? Can't beat it, baby. I don't know. I bet I could shave twenty minutes out of this thing. <laughs> do you think they? Uh, You'll see. Do you think they had to fly Meatloaf Meatloaf back and forth every day? <laughs> I I hope so. I can only work for. Three hours and 42 minutes. Well, this is a terrible pick, Dan. I'm super excited. Me too. I'm our bread and butter. I looked, I looked at a lot of lists and I know Kron specifically had one in mind that he thought I was going to do. I had, but I had one that I wished you would have done. And, I remember seeing this video, that cover, and uh, it was only on like one list that I looked up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, 
I was like, is that that fucking, that's that meatloaf. I was like, oh shit, he's a fucking big rig driver in that one. Yeah. I was like, no way. So I hit it and it was like Tubi and I was like, oh shit. Yep. That's it. So there you go, gentlemen. Let us not forget. It's going to be fun. Let us not forget who we are at the core of ourselves. Yep. Trash people. We are who, who also are. who fall victim to thinking that people care what they say and think. America, baby. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, Patreon coming soon. Mm-hmm. Respect. All right, dude. But, I'm uh, stoked. Yeah, man. Check it out. Viewers, listeners, whatever you're doing. It's on Tubi, so check it out. It's called Blacktop. It's from 2000. It's got a comedian in it. It's got a chick from Sex in the City, and it's got fucking meatloaf in it. I mean, what more can you ask for? Boobs. Hmm. Okay, we're getting the iffy sign from from Dan. All right. Oh, do we see meatloaf? Meatloaf's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got a pretty sweet big rig though. Um. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. But other than that, yeah, uh, can't be a stud if you don't eat your grub. Go fuck an iceberg. Uh, bat out of Peterbilt. <laughs>